Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome back to the Intrinsic Minds podcast, where it is about how you think, not what you think. That's right. We could care less about what you think. That's right. Uh, to my fellow... Uh, podcaster and best friend geo how we doing today great we're moving right along we're at the the foundation of the big three today with going into understanding the ascendant and yeah i think that's gonna create a nice pillar for the rest of what we are going to be doing with the rest of the planets and further on from that so and uh yeah i like that it's 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 brought a lot of even just self-perspective in my life to go back into these basics and definitely recommend it for people to go back into the basics and everything. And for those that have been watching through this series and appreciate it, we thank you. Um, you know, hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, let's, let's continue going through this. How you doing? We're doing. Um, and yeah, and to add to that, uh, you know, it, it's uh, if you're just joining in, you know, the big three in astrology is the most popular, and I think it's what gets most people. We talked about, you know, how the sun sign, just like the sun in the sky, is so easy to see. You can't miss it. And just like that, the archetype is so easy to be attracted to and 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 fall into when you first get into this stuff. But when you know your big three, uh, you have a the pillars is a definitely a good way to put it. You definitely understand the foundation of how a natal chart works. Um and this happens to be just as important as the first two. The ascendant is what sets the whole uh, stage for your chart, right? It's it's the sun is who you're, you know, aspiring to be and what you're becoming in a sense, or what you already are and what you're discovering as is what your, you know, uh, what what powers your solar system, yourself of your, you know, of your life. Um, and the, and your moon being the internal world and, and, and the energy of that sun reflecting off of uh, and how you internalize and then push back out again. But the ascendant, why it's so important and part of the big three is because it sets the stage as in it sets the areas of life. And it sets uh, also uh, with the ascendant or rising sign, you're actually if it were to be a part of a house if you were if if we were to metaphorically put a house together as an astrology chart it's the front door so it's what people are going to see first and it's going to be their greet it's going to be the greeting that you give people or what people see and what and how people experience you it's your behavior and all of that so the ascendant is almost like the superficial ego uh or or the behavior that you you push out so um Finding out what the ascendant was in my chart was how you you had said the moon was yours and all that. All three of them really were, mm. but the ascendant made everything made make sense on because I have Sagittarius rising and a Gemini sun and they're opposites. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not about the details. I'm always about the big picture. I I want to think big and deep and all of that. And Gemini just wants to chatter about the small shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, Sag rising shit. I mean, that makes complete sense, no doubt. So. 
I've been attracted to my ascendant probably more than my son the past few years because it has set the stage for the whole chart and it made me see the bigger picture in itself, speaking Sagittarius-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gia, what about you? So you being the Virgo rising, um, what's been your experience in noticing uh, the ascendant in your life? I think I could, I, I could easily point things out, but I'll let you do it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, going like like it was hand in hand moon and ascendant but i think definitely you're right the ascendant was was more so like a bigger pill to swallow for me because it was just like especially me having you know how my chart plays out but but having the virgo rising and being ruled by mercury and the where my mercury is placed like it was more it, it let me see more meticulously how much work I needed to do with myself, if anything. And, and it really gave me the, the picture of like, Oh, you, this is how you get in your way all the time. And that was, that was really the thing. And, you know, coming to terms with, with overthinking, overanalyzing, being critical and stuff like that and falling into the Pisces moon or being fucking, you know, rapid fire, you know, wanting to, act upon the 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 rapid fire mentality and shit like that that was the thing but i mean yeah i it's i feel like that's the other thing about the ascendant going into it is like it really gives you that first it's a big big kicker into really looking at the birth chart looking at a chart if anything when you're trying to you know do that reading and anything like it's a good starting point you don't have to start with that but it is a you know, a very common thing to look at through that lens first as the starting point being that it is you know when you look at what your rising sign is it's going to the first houses and show you your whole house system and everything and then also what your ruling planet is and it's like a big pinball match i think i feel like after that like you start and then you go to the char- the ruler of your chart and then what that is you know what 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 what's what's ruling that house and what's ruling you know that and like and you just kind of this is where you get like this navigation throughout your chart. And, um, and I think that's what understanding now the sun and the moon and stuff and seeing this gives you that, that preemptive go of how to, how to read, read into it as well. Yeah. And and like I said, setting the stage. So like knowing your ascendant, you know, your areas of life and how they're colored in too, because that's what you get with the houses. Mm -hmm. And so by knowing this, and even your chart ruler, which is basically cohesive with the, it's only adding more to the ascendant, but your chart ruler, if you look at your ascendant sign and you see what, um, whatever sign that is, whatever planet rules that sign, look at that, that planet in your chart. And that's going to be just as important as your sun and moon. So, but it's, it's still in cohesion with what the ascendant is. It's going to play into it still where, you know, Geo, you have this uh, seventh house Mercury in Aries hmm. and that rules your chart. But you're a Virgo rising in a Taurus sun and a Pisces mm-hmm. moon. But that fiery Aries rules your chart because that's where Mercury is. And that's where you get that. Like in the Im- you have the impulse or just mm-hmm. like we were talking about with uh, with Brandon, uh, where you were like, you know, I want to stick, uh, go to war for my mm-hmm. friends or people I'm in partner, you know, like people that I'm close to or whatever. It's like others oh, that, you know, no Virgo rising wants to do that. Nor, like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like meaning unless you have that placement virgo rising yeah. is, is is critical like yeah but virgo isn't a like i'm gonna attack you know like that's mm-hmm. that's that Aryan energy yeah i'm just gonna kind of observe that and maybe criticize that in my own mental space and everything but yeah 
Yeah, it's definitely true. Which I actually had a, a thing I saw. I saw a comment on which I th- this is different, obviously, because I don't care as much about it. But there was a, a a funny a funny comment somebody left on like an old re uh repo that we that that we had put on YouTube from the Hitler Productions or whatever about the flat Earth thing. I was just reading the comment. I was like, ah, oh, it's funny. And like part of me wanted to react and respond. And I was like, no, like, and I just didn't, didn't, it didn't deserve my time and stuff like that. But I, but I did, I did take more of a Virgo step back and approach it. And it was just like, well, that's funny how you said this one thing and just contradicted your whole statement. But that's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, it, it's, it's even with something like that. I mean, most people have to understand that, it's we're all looking to have those battles because I feel like either we don't want to feel stupid or we don't want to be wrong. And there's an ego thing and all that. And that's an Aries energy. So you have Mm -hmm. to deal with that too. Like your thought process is like, you know, your ego wants to step in and be like, I could destroy this person. But then the Virgo is like, yeah, but you know, is there any use to this? Cause that's Mm -hmm. what it does. Right. Like it assimilates everything. And it's like, what's going to be useful though. You know, I just Mm -hmm. went to work for, you know, about two weeks with a Virgo who runs a, you know, doing an odd job type of business and my Gemini conversation skills where I just talk about whatever and this and that, but that squares Virgo. Virgo's like, you know, at they show no interest in the things that has no value or it has no assimilation to the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and that's would be the power of you using your Virgo rising um, and, and, and feeding it with that Mercury Aries. So you're the ascendant totally puts everything in perspective to the point of how you're supposed to behave or if you do behave a certain way and you don't and you you're like why do i behave like that you know someone say with like you know uh try to think of something that's real opposite but like someone with like a pisces rising or or let's use a inner planet someone with like an aries rising but aries and mars is in cancer you know, so like, and that squares and everything, and that's in the fourth house. Like, you would think an Aries rising is just a go getter, and you know wants to go to war and all that. But you come to find out they they don't. That only happens when they're in the home, you know, or in the home sphere, or it's for their family, right? So they're not going to be the warrior, the Aryan warrior, and all that because where Mars was was placed. So it's going to tell this whole different. It's going to color it in. But when you do see that Aries side come out, you go, oh, yeah. you know, it's my be- it's the behavior. It's just that certain placement of the chart ruler is going to trigger that behavior um, more so than not, right? I have Jupiter ruling my chart because I'm a Sagittarius rising and it's in the eighth house in Cancer conjunct the moon. So Jupiter's colored in with my moon sign in Cancer. So there's family, there's nurturing, there's, you know, and then it's in the eighth house, which is occult psychology, all that. And I'm, I am, I ask any one of my friends or anybody out there that I, I talk to is like, I'm the person to talk to if you need to spill your emotions out or um, talk about some deep subject or talk about something that's bothering you or whatever. And I'm there for that. And that Jupiter energy, that exuberance and that jovialness comes out in that eighth house sphere of talking psychology, talking trauma, talking occult and all of that. If it was in the you know fifth house, it would be about gambling and sports and playing games and sex and having fun and all that. But it's not it's the mm. Jupiter comes out in that eighth house sphere. It's when I really tap into it. So anybody out there, when you go get a chart read, this is why you would pay an astrologer because they're going to look at your ascendant sign. Maybe not first, but that's going to be a big part of telling the story of everything of where everything needs to be placed. 
um, in what areas of life and, and where even where your sun sign is, you're not going to know the house unless you know the ascendant. And you find this out by knowing your birth time to the exact and place. Um, so, yeah, the, the, this, uh, like I said, for me, was a big altering thing. It's like, oh, wow, I got this bigger picture now. And when I, I learned about the houses and what they meant, like this is like, if you're going to know astrology, you need to know this. Or you're not getting any substance really out of uh, your readings or your descriptions that you're finding on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where you know that's where you know you always hear that emphasis on on you know your ascendant, the rising sign. You know, you know more so than your sun, and especially when it comes to horoscopes and stuff like that, because you know that's originally what horoscopes were looking at because you know it's more dependent based on you know the hours in that sort of sense whereas you get a bunch of people that are the same sun sign as you when they're born in the same month but it's a lot more specific when it gets down to the ascendant because that's by what like every like around every two hours ish two hours two hours so yeah it's the sign on the eastern horizon so i mean that's 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 the thing and you gotta think about that the sun on the eastern horizon what is that really signifying then for you as an individual where it's you know it's how you've come into things how you appear you know above the horizon in that sort of sense so it's somewhat of how you appear though you know appearance in the outside sense could be more so your midheaven and everything which eventually we'll get to that and you know which but that is another point that's more achievement that's more achievement based yeah so, but we'll, you know, we'll get to that point as well, because, but this is also, um, this is a very personal part of your soul and a very personal part of <laughs> figure of speech here, but like the, the cross that you bear, you know, this is your, your cross and your, it is what creates the yeah, cross, right? This is, yeah. this is a major point in your, in your cross and your chart and everything and stuff too. So, um, but it's the first self in, impression and it determines, you know, you know, like I said, the house system and the and the personality appearance, the the ascendance. You know, it 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 gives you like how you're going to you know project. We find our energy source and stuff too. So like it's going to be that initial thing of how we are going to even start things, how we even start ourselves in that sort of way. Yeah, you know, it's a good way to see it as a metaphor or uh, you know an analogy type is. Uh your sun is kind of like where you're going or like the destination and your ascendant's the car that you're in mm-hmm. and how you're getting there. You know, so like you're using that ascendant and it's right, you know, like the, the symbolism of its rising is it's also who you're becoming as well. Like you're mm-hmm. learning to harness the behavior and use that behavior and ego and that and in the, and that way, that superficial way of how you're going to, you know, like I, for, for me as an example, is I have to use the Sagittarian way of the big beliefs and the big conversations and 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 thinking beyond and thinking spiritual and being jovial and and all of that to access the Gemini in me, right? Like I'm not going to get to the details until I go see the big picture. And I could relate this to everything that I've learned in my life or like things I've studied, like music. Music, I'm a very much like a like learning music. I'm a big picture guy first, naturally, before I knew astrology. Meaning, I would need to just hear the music, 
learn it without knowing any scales or what key it's in or what's the tempo or, or you know, what genre is this and, and all that first, like all the details. It would be like, let me just listen to it. Let me try and imitate it and, and whatever. And then I would use retroduction, work backwards to go, okay, now what's the details? Oh, I wrote this in, you know, the harmonic minor or Phrygian dominant scale and it's in the key of G sharp um, and all that. And then I would get all Gemini about it once I used and obtained the big picture. Same thing would say something like astrology. I had to understand the big picture concept first before I could understand the details. So I'm using that Sagittarian way of kind of that filter and the way I naturally am and that I'm acting and what I've risen into as a human being, especially after the age of 32 or three after your Saturn return, when you're really finding yourself, you access that rising sign and you're going to use it to really go and harness the solar energy. You're using it to get to that destination. And that's the kind of way I would see it. Um, if you were to try and put, because the whole point of your astrology chart too, and once again, why you would pay an astrologer, is they're there to put, to assimilate and integrate the story and put it together for you. Not just look at, oh, your Mercury's in Aries. You must be an impulsive thinker and conversationalist. Or, oh, your Mercury's in Taurus. You must be fucking lazier, work really slow. Or, oh, you're you know, Venus is in Aries. You must go get like all that stuff's true, but how does it play into the story of the whole chart and that ascendant, which is set the stage for all the houses and where everything is and what planets and what house and what area of life is the thing that's going to be that cohesion to tell the story. You need it. And that's the importance yeah. of the ascendant. Yeah. You can't just throw uh, some flour, egg and water and shit together and be like, well, that's bread. You know, you got to, you got to, right. you got to yeah. fucking put it together, a certain amount of timing of whipping it and, you know, baking it and shit like that. Well, it's exactly. a process. There's, there's, right. there's a whole thing that needs to happen with it. But yeah, absolutely. The ascendant is that whole how we are waking up to things too. Like, and it's about, you know, the, you know, you can actually see a lot of like the experiences coming out of shadow as well through, through the ascendant in that way. And like how we rise to the occasion of things. Um, and, and, and that's what it really is. It's like it's really observant in this sort of sense when you're first coming into it is to really take that more obs observation of nature and that standpoint and stuff, too. I mean, think about if, th if that's what it is, the sun on the, you know, where it's rising on the horizon and stuff like that at, at the time of birth or where it was. Um, think about even yourself in the womb and stuff, too. and the different archetypes that play in there as well. And maybe where it was coming from and stuff too. Like at, you know, even if you were on a certain cusp of the timing of you were born, you, you know, your, your rising could have been, been the previous sign or, you know, if it was later on, then it could be the next and stuff. So, you know, there, there is some sort of, right. you know, if you really want to, you could go deeper into those qualities of that, especially when you look at the degree of, of which it is and stuff. And, you know, they say there's more of a maturation point of maybe that sign, um, you know, when it comes to the ascendant, like like for me, like mine's 27 degrees, my ascendant and where a lot of people may think me to be, you know, meticulous need to like, I got to break out my notebook. I got to write down this. I got to plan accordingly all the time and stuff like that, where. I found that to be not necessarily true. And when I tried to do that, I was going against myself. Like I felt like that maybe more so mentally I had things prepared in a sort of sense. Like I feel more comfortable, 
you know, kind of planning them out some sort of my in my head a little bit. But what I've noticed is that's what takes is if you look into, you know, now your chart ruler, which mine is Mercury being in Aries and stuff, is that I do t- I, I do have more of a better way of doing things or coming to and becoming or going to the occasion when I kind of think it out a little bit. But I allow the room for spontaneity to happen and stuff and 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 things just seem to come together more like that. Whereas I feel like I could minimize myself if I tried to plan everything to a T or or overanalyze things and stuff too, where you know, where yeah, it could be a little bit, you know, it could be a little bit flighty in that sense too. But that's where I could see where it's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe that says something to maybe the degree of which the ascendant is on. Is like maybe you have um now, I don't want to say perfected, but like maybe you have almost inherited in those ways of, of doing those things. So maybe it's not necessarily um, something that needs to happen. You need to necessarily do those things, especially when you look at the other aspects of your chart, when you look at it through that lens and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting to see that 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 part of yourselves because it also it also could be like how you know how we also detach from the world too in a certain sense like how we hit our limit you know and that 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 plays along even on that same line and it goes into your ic into your descendant as well um but it can be because if you think about it there's the horizon it's the beginnings and the endings as well so there's something to say about how we finally find our breaking point with certain things and how we're going to kind of uh, project that out as well yeah yeah and, and and you mentioned descendant you know the ascendant is you it's your first house the house of self but uh, on the opposite on that opposite side of the cross that horizontal line you have the, the descendant which is actually your house of other people on the partnerships you know see the mm-hmm. it's, it's what the ascendant's looking at right so you're gonna use this ascendant to also then find out who it is of the people that you're going to be working with or the or the sphere outside of like what you aren't in a way or what you use it like i have a son in the seventh house. So I use this archetype to say, okay, so my son is in the house of partnerships and other people. So what the way I use that as well uh, is to look at others and say, this is what I'm not. You know, I have to go through that where I have to, I, I, I wasn't born with just the like knowing who I am. My son was in the opposite side of the chart. So I'm going to utilize and because I know that house, it, it, really clarified it for me and it and it like allowed me to go oh wow so like not that i never had a backbone but i was always like i always felt like i needed to work with people because the seventh house and descendant is libran in a way it has the libran quality the libran archetype so and libra is you know working with others being fair you know having the partnerships and all that and my son happens to sit there in that in that part of the chart now not having my ascendant i would have no clue that that's that's where my son is. It's in that sphere. And it clarified it for me. And, it, and I, then I used it to reflect back on my life. I go, wow. So all this time I felt like I needed to be working with people because I never felt like I was fully integrated in my own solar self. Like I never had my own drive to do things unless I was doing it with others. Now, that also doesn't mean that I would use it to, like I would have to just work with others. I actually learned what I'm not through that process. And now I've become more integrated and say, this is what I need to be doing for myself so thank you, Seventh House. Thank you, friendships, partnerships, people I've been uh, connected to and all of that. Without mm-hmm. that, that chart being laid out for me like that, 
then yeah, I, I wouldn't have the ability to see it. And when you had mentioned the IC too, the you know, so the ascendant, descendant, and then on the vertical line you have the IC, which is at the bottom of the chart, and you have the uh, the midheaven, which is at the top. Where we're and and so like the bottom of the chart is your inner world, your inner comfort, your inner security. You're not going to have that unless you have your houses in place. I happen to have Pisces in that house, and I have Mars in that house. Of you know, and, and it's not on the IC, but it's in that angle. And so with that also tells me I am a warrior for it is kind of like having Mars in Cancer because I have Mars in that fourth Cancerian realm. And it's like I'd go to war for my family or I'd go to war for my own inner security and all of that. As soon as something is hindering that, I'll go to war and I'll fight. I'll become that Aryan warrior. So another thing that was clarified for me. So, yeah, it's you're really getting like. It's like getting a puzzle and you get to just like with the ascendant, you're getting the front cover and you're like, oh, this is what the puzzle's about. Like, this is what I, you know, and then all the other little parts that you get within the puzzle, you would have never known, unless you have the picture of what you're putting together, it's going to take you forever to figure it out, right? So you need that cover. So you need that ascendant to really Mm -hmm. get it going, right? And just to add on that last angle, the opposite of your IC, which would be your midheaven, and like you were mentioning before, Mm -hmm. would be the outer realm not the inner realm. So the outer Mm -hmm. security, the how you are seen in the sense of achievement, Mm -hmm. what is your service to the world and how is it that you're making it in the world and where you're, you're, you're being placed to be successful, you know? So it's all cohesive. It all works together in one. It's, it's all different cogs in the same machine. And now you, you, uh, up to this point, you could see like having just this one, the one thing out of the big three, the ascendant actually, Set, you can see how it's just as important mm-hmm. as the other two because it does set, like I emphasized at the beginning, it sets the stage. It gives you all the elements and areas of life that need to be worked with in specific ways and where you're going to have those specific drives in your life. So the um, first house, the ascendant is vital. And so if you ever were to go get an astrology reading, please bring your time exact time and this is why you would need it now and this is why you don't use things like co-star and all that other yeah. stuff because it does give you this but it doesn't give you the reasons what like that's why this uh the teenage girl astrology is you know it, i i think it's falling off because people are finally starting to understand yeah. this there's more there's more accessible information you know and and it's more so in your face i think the accessible information than, than it has been and that's what you got to watch like with cookie cutter astrology because even with the ascendant You'll constantly hear, oh, it's the mask you wear. And that's not necessarily true. Like, it's not that. There's still a driving force behind the mask. You know, that sounds very impersonal, whereas the Ascendant is a very um, personal, soulful, uh, you know, self-impression as well. And like we said, like, it's on that borderline of being, you know, the inner self. and But it's also very much the outer self as well, too. So in that sort of sense, it can be how we even view the world or you know how we kind of view those outer experiences on top of it too and it's not to say that it's like that you know you're some you're you're not coming at it from some superficial standpoint like as if when they try to tell you that it's oh the mask you wear or or the lens that you know it is it is the it, it is the lens of which you know you see things through but this is how this plays into what we were saying about the moon as well because you know this you know, it's more so of that first impression, whereas once that is cognitively ingested in that sort of way and then processed through everything else, then it's going to transform 
in in other directions as well too like you know i mean my like i'm just trying to think of even for me as an example like do i do i view outer experiences in it in it you know i guess you could say yeah in a mercurial way but in a more so you know in a virgo way i mean i guess so yeah i mean there there is plenty of times where you know but it's very it's very personal very to myself where it's like a lot of times i'll just be very observant of things and just kind of like breaking them down and this has a this may be seen from maybe an outer perspective of having a little bit of a detachment in a sort of way whereas i'm just kind of calculating things so yeah i mean i i i i can see that and i can see that an example are you you know minimal and limited you know i'm not really going into it but yeah, I mean, just think about even if you know your rising sign, you know, how is it maybe that you may view things? And if that's the case, if you could start seeing that and see how it links up, you know, can you see how that can be beneficial? And can you see how that then may potentially get you in trouble, especially when it's translated through whatever your chart ruler is and how that even plays along with your sun and your moon as well and, and everything else? Yeah, and and with that, too, you know, the difference uh, is... Um, like with like we said you could be born on the same day but two hours later and you're a completely different chart and you're a completely different setup and you're going to have a different lens so that's why it is important and it's how people are like for example like say well we'll use both of us as an uh, as in comparison with you know someone with a sagittarius rising who's a big thinker and sees this you know the world in like more of a philosophical sense and all of that i know i'm known as the space cadet to a lot of my friends and a lot of my like, oh, yeah, he's out there. Like, you know, I have Jupiter in the eighth. You know, it's um, I'm all about the deep subjects and being philosophical. And I want to talk about secrets and things, you know, psyops. And I do like the conspiracy conversations, but not in the way of like fear mongering and, you know, follow my channel because I'm going to give you cheap dopamine hits. But like it's it's I literally am interested in the deep, dark secrets. But I want to bring it through the Gemini of my son and have just those. That's where I want to have those minuscule conversations like, oh, yeah, yeah if we're going to have like, you know, just like everyday mundane talk, well, I'm still going to bring that Jupiterian big picture thing. And that's the filter I'm going to see it through. And that's how people are going to recognize me as where, say, with you, Gio, you've mentioned like in relationships you've been with women and 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 other people, friends, whatever. People could see you as this detached kind of disassociated person and and it looks like you don't, you know, maybe you don't care as much or like whatever, but you're just, mm-hmm. you have that Virgo of like, you know, assimilation character of like, you're, you're sitting there observing and you're trying to assimilate and put things together in your mind. And then mm-hmm. the, the cat gets out of the bag once that Aryan impulse is activated, you know, with your ruling planet being Mercury in Aries, where once you are ready to express yourself and you're around you know because you have in the seventh house around the right people and the right partnership on the right podcast right all of a sudden Mm. you're going to be firing off the aries comes out you know now you're reading comments on your podcast that you're on and you're like oh yeah i want to go to fucking war for this podcast because that shit's activated yet you could have been looking at that comment for a half hour thinking about shit like a virgo and breaking Mm -hmm. it down and being critical about him like how's this motherfucker like what's he even mean or what's he trying to say and all that and then once like you've assimilated it now the mercury aries the chart ruler is now activated and you're like okay ready to go to fucking war i've done all the virgo work Mm -hmm. with it now how is that going to express itself well it's going to express itself through aries because that's where that Mm -hmm. that planet is answering to aries or is in the sphere of aries in the seventh house you know so Mm -hmm. yeah it, it this is a big piece to the puzzle and this is 
something that is vital in your understanding of astrology. And if you're someone that just knows your sun or your moon and you think it's bullshit and all that, go, go get get your exact time and go get your ascendant and have someone put it. If you don't know how to do it, go have someone put it together, like an astrologer or someone who knows astrology. And you will start to see how this science is actually way more in depth and, and that you need these things specifically for it to work properly. So don't call it out until you know how the hell it even works. And a lot of people at first, right? Like what, maybe in the uprising in the past four or five years, people have finally like caught on to the big three, right? That's like the the thing now, right? That's starting to become like more kindergarten than not for people just getting into it. Like they know their big three and we could probably thank social media and TikTok and, and all that for that. But this truly is part of this, like the begin, this is the beginning to understanding how deep it truly goes and how it works. And so your ascendant sign is like I said, as vital as the sun and the moon, and you should go and find that out. And and with that, have fun learning the story of your chart. Have have fun learning what it is like, how you are going to experience the areas of life that you have now. You know, where is your moon? Where is your sun? You're not going to know until you have the chart the way it's supposed to be laid out. And then with that, you start to see you see the story start to play out. And now it's like I said, with I didn't get to into horoscopes. Until after I was like big on the whole astro theology and syncretism and connecting it to religions. And then when I was getting to the horoscope and I started to go, okay, so, you know, astrology tells the story of nature and the realm we're in and all that. So now I could see how it could tell the story of a person. And when I had done my chart and seen my houses, I go, I can't believe it. Uh, the, The one biggest thing for me too is noticing the energies that are in your life from those houses and then seeing it, uh, manifest as in like i always get these types of people in this relationship well look at your descendant look at your 11th house and you'll start to see like oh wow i always get these energies like my biggest supporters are libras it's my 11th house that's the that's the house of i'm clapping you know these people clap their hands Mm -hmm. for you right it's the people that are cheering Mm -hmm. you on it's the networks that support you shout Shout out out and shout out geo yeah right or (laughs) yeah gal i was gonna say geo well you're you have libra in the first house oh yeah um (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah and then on top of that right like see how the story starts to unfold my son i said i said before is in the seventh house which is the libran house right in the tr- traditional just you know thema mundi setup of aries's first house taurus is all that the original setup seventh house seventh sign is libra and my son's in there and my biggest supporters are libras which is in my 11th house so it plays in and you start to see these mm-hmm. patterns kind of interconnect you start to see the puzzle come together for sure yeah that, that that whole reflection thing, I think, is the best point. Like the one of the one of the best parts about astrology in that sort of sense. But um, another thing that because you said something that just made me made me think of it, but now I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that that whole um, how we're how we're looking at it in that sort of sense too. Of you know, I also when you come into more of this understanding, like. I I've, I think I've said it to you before personally and stuff too, where it's like if you kind of try to use astrology in a more of a predictive nature and stuff like that, um, even just within your own personal life and everything, even today, I, yeah, I mean you could do that and everything, but like I think you you should probably, um, I, it could set up expectations. I feel like you know I I've. I tried to I tried to come into that viewpoint right. at one point or whatever and stuff and kind of 
try to like recall what maybe the projected weather forecast of the astrology was going to be. And, but I, I saw that there was a tendency to like maybe uh, ha- set up some sort of expectation thing. And, you know, you kind of end up maybe manifesting those things, especially if there may be some sort of things where you don't want that. And it's like, I really don't want that to happen. I don't want to have that kind of resistance. I don't, you know, whatever. And if, if that, that's, that's so, so much more easily accessible in, you know, the more negative stuff that you tend to attach those things. And then what's, what the next thing you know is you get that. Whereas like now it's like, I like to look at it where it's like, I go about my days to do whatever and stuff. Yeah. There may be some things I'm aware of and stuff like that, but not like I'm not them. And then it's reaffirming. Yeah. And then basically something happens. And then I kind of look at, see what, you know, the astrology was or whatever. And it's like, Oh wow. Like that makes, that makes a lot of stuff. And you know, I I've had moments where it's been able to be like, Oh, well, you know, this is kind of how I reacted. This is how, this is what my instinctual behavior was, you know, through my ascendance, let's say, because the ascendant could be your instinctual behavior as well. And I saw that and I'm like, oh, well, I could have processed that in a different way. Well, what's a different way you would have done? And, and after the end of going through that cycle of it and looking at it, I'm like, wow, like I just, I just learned something about myself. I just learned that a, a, I just learned a valuable lesson of how I should, you know, conduct myself in a certain way, how, you know, how I react or respond to something you know, the way I'm thinking or feeling. And, and, and it just gave me that better perspective where I was like, you know what, I rather look at the astrology in that sort of sense when it comes to my chart and, you know, yes, have it, have a general awareness. But when you start looking where it's like, well, this at this time is going to start, it's going to start aspecting this planet in my chart. And like, I, you know, oh, I, I really got to stay off the roads at that time, or I really got to, you know, and it, like that type of shit creates this like hypochondriac type of energy then and it's next thing you know you walk into the very thing that you're trying to resist because it's easier to attach to what we don't want rather than what we do want right and and to think about it like this too i mean i see and it's also the and this could be my sagittarian lens right um but the way i like to see the chart if you want to use it as predictive or like almost like uh have some sort of expectation of how the energy is going to be in your life or what you're going to be expecting something to happen and all that is look at your chart like it's something to transcend it's not something to you use it to say okay this is the state i was born into like this is my tendencies this is what's probably gonna you know i've saturn in the second house you're gonna have money issues well i mean i've saturn in the second house right so like there's limitations blockages i gotta work extra hard for basically jack shit right like at saturn's like you're not gonna make a lot of money but you're gonna work your ass off and that's what that would say. So I could be, and that squares Venus, right? So in my chart, so like I could say, oh, my, my, so my second house Saturn squares my Venus in the fifth house. So what would that tell me? Oh, well, if I were to be pessimistic, I'd be like, well, if I don't, you know, I'm going to be fucking broke, poor, and I'm not going to be able to have a good time and enjoy the pleasures of life because I've Saturn there to tell me that you're not going to, you can't enjoy the pleasures because your second house has to be catered to and all that. Where if you look at it in more of a transcendent manner, it's like, well, no. Saturn saying in my chart, if you get your money and your shit together and you know your value and you know your values and skill set and you use it to to build something in your life, house of Taurus, second house, it's squaring the Venus. It will fuel the Venus or it will allow the Venus to express itself, meaning I'll be able to enjoy the simple pleasures in life and, you know, one night stands and gambling and sports and all that stuff. If I have that Saturn taken care of, if it's not taken care of and I don't transcend or integrate it into myself that aspect I could be real negative about and say, um, you know, or it's going to, it's going to, well, what it would create 
for me is I will not really have that much pleasure in my life. I will not have a love life. I will not have the the ability to go gamble or just enjoy sports or the fifth house stuff of just fun and children and all that because my second house isn't catered to and Saturn's going, hey man, like I told you, you had work to do here first, right? So you have that choice to see what, you know, talking about lens, right? Like, and your rising mm-hmm. sign is going to, is going to, give you the hint on how you're going to see these things, even how you read mm-hmm. your astrology chart or how you support your football team or how you, you know, how you feel about other people and all that. Cause your charts laid out. But I like to look at astrology as you have the opportunity once you have become self-aware, which that's what the chart mm-hmm. is at first. And now you're using it to go, okay, now that I'm self-aware of those tendencies and these placements in my chart and thank you rising sign for giving me these areas of life that I know I need to work on and where I need to, you know, how I need to communicate to whom and when and how and this and that and what my midheaven is so where I'm going to achieve the most and what's going to bring my family more money or me more money and all that is I'm going to use this now to ascend or transcend beyond these tendencies and limitations that the chart has laid out for me. So not using it more so as predictive, but evolutionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the main key when that when we're going to go into all this is is going to be about that coming into awareness. and. The rising is big on that. Like you said, like that viewing through the rising is how we come into awareness of ourselves and what we're here to explore about ourselves. And, you know, it's like, well, why is why the ascendant and stuff? Well, it, it is linked to the natures uh, of the desires of the soul. Um, and it helps us shed that light as well, along with many other things. But this is another factor. It's why it's a big three of shedding the light on what you know, what's coming up from the unconscious as well. And, or, or, you know, or the, or the underworld or, you know, the, the whole thing of what is hidden and stuff too, you know, like I, you know, and as far as like the coming to awareness of it, of self, and I'm going to try to like, I'm going to try to use a, an example. That's not my own and stuff too. Um, say like a, a Leo rising, right. A Leo rising, and so their ruling planet is the sun. Say their sun is in in Taurus in the eighth house. Let's just so to say, right? And yeah, they can have that very big expressive way of themselves. They could be tend to be flashy and stuff too. You know, and you know, really value you know things and ooh, look at look at what I got and stuff. But it also makes them feel good in a sort of sense. But in the eighth house, there could be a coming and going and a passing of that of that stimulation from those things or you know, the superficiality kind of drives people away in their own life. So it, it, you know, they can come into this awareness of self of being like, well, I need to find what's really, what's really valuable and what's really going to stabilize and, and be somewhat long lasting as well and learn how to appreciate it for myself. Whereas not so much on the, you know, on the, on the outer scale. And it's not, it's not necessarily a, uh, an identification of me, you know, this is, this is me, but I have to appreciate it. I have to appreciate it first and be firm and stable within it for my own stability, not maybe for any outer reasons beyond myself, you know, that can be, you know, and that's just a very, you know, one very focal example of, of, of it. And it's not necessarily what is or how it is, but that could be something and noticing how to come into understanding like, that's the thing, like maybe their relationships just, you know, it's like, you know, they, they tend to do the part and everything and stuff, but their relationships don't even last and stuff too. Like, and, and it has a tendency because it's like, you know, they outshine their partner and they're stubborn in the way of how they want to 
stick to, you know, well, now I, I got to be the one who's doing this and do it. There is a control factor that could play in there too. But this is where coming into awareness of it, of just kind of like sitting there and take the step back and be like, well, I have to see what, you know, what am I being bullheaded on and stuff too, where, you know, I'm being too forceful with my, you know, or it could be this, the fact of just, you know, not even wanting to change in that sort of sense. Just the pure, just being like, nah, this is me. That's how I am. Um, I'm going to be like this. I like what I like and stuff. And we all know that that could be very, you know, abrasive in relations with others. It doesn't have to be intimate relationships, but just just with others. So what kind of self-awareness can you come through even just that viewing of a lens? Right, right. So and that's and that's the beauty of it. Right. And that's what astrology truly uh if you were to use it uh in an applicative way and you know uh integrate a self-awareness into your everyday living and and grow and evolve as a human being and become who you really are you know and there's people out there that don't need this stuff right like you Hmm. some people just evolve and they become who they are and who knows they might just have a great chart they don't even need an astrology reading but a lot you find out a lot of people come to this stuff because they're having an Hmm. issue with that self-awareness or they don't have the confidence in just in that self-discovery or they've been blinded and so brainwashed by society and what, and what other people outside of them have told them to be or what they are, that astrology is beautiful in that sense of you have the ability mm-hmm. now to, to start reflecting. Yep, and remember. you said this years ago, I think to me, where you said, even if it was all bullshit, yeah. you know, you were saying like, even if it was, it still gets you observing everything about yourself in certain ways, you start to really think like I had someone tell me recently, like, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a Virgo son, but like, can I just like read that and make it work or make it fit? I go, well, sure. But have you ever got your chart read? He goes, no. What do you mean a chart? And I go, oh, well, I'm like, okay. So you have, there's different aspects. He goes, well, yeah, but then how could like planets like make me who I am? It's like, you don't have to think that way. You know, the, it's, it's a, regardless of whether you believe the planets are doing anything or this chart's ruling you telling you something. What this does is it starts to really bring the self-actualization process into it if you are serious about it. If you actually just take the 30 days out and and read and, and understand where your chart is on the basic level, you, you, all of a sudden you can be changed within that 30 days regardless if you believe it or not because you start to actually really observe the self and, and start to and think about it. And now if you end up trusting it, this is the perfect tool in my eyes. To, to say, hey, this is a mirror to who you are or were at birth and who, who you potentially are now, whether you look at your natal or your progress charts, and it's going to give you that insight to say, okay, I thought I was this, society told me I was this, my parents told me I was this, but I never felt that way. And then you could go read your chart and something, you get, you get that one thing, you go, oh, yeah, that's, that is me. No shit. Like, and all of a sudden that interest just ricochets into all these different paths and things and you it leads into that self-actualization and the ability then to you know a long time ago i had i came up with the analogy Mm -hmm. of astrology is like the braille for the spiritually blind Mm -hmm. or the psychologically blind it's braille like if you're blind in self-awareness it's like you could reach out and touch the, the the braille in the sky and they could tell you what you are and then you can start opening your eyes to it and now all of a sudden you start to have more of a better idea of what you are and i guess why we wanted to start the series too and we're emphasizing today the ascendant and all that is you have to do it right and if you do it right it could be the greatest gift 
that you've ever been given if you are in a search for your soul or for yourself yeah and and self-actualization yeah Yeah. exactly right like i think and i still stick to that whole thing where this gives you the ability yes some people may just naturally be able to learn from their lessons and you know become self-aware through certain experiences yeah because some people have that internal discipline that just that drives them to be able to evolve in that way and stuff but maybe for yeah, some others that at that point you know and like you said a lot of it comes from heavy conditioning it's not that something's fucking wrong with you you know it's not necessarily that it comes from heavy conditioning and you know the different perspectives on experience and stuff but i think that getting into the astrology and especially starting that way with you know the big three but like coming into the chart it allows you to test your accountability. How accountable can you be for yourself and how you are or how you act or how you think? That's what I mean. It's like, oh yeah, we could be accountable for our actions, but you know, the astrology is not just telling us just, it's telling us about our feelings. It's telling us about our emotions, telling us about our, our mental way of thinking, our, our the subconscious, you know what I mean? Like, and it's getting you to view those areas and where a lot of those are a lot more difficult to hold yourself accountable for when you view them in a 360 view and f- see them in full light and stuff. A lot of it's going to come in where you're going to want to be resistant to that because your ego is going to be speaking. But that's the whole point of it is you get your ego in check where it allows you to be like, instead of denying that, that this is how you are seeing that that is a potential that you have the potential of being this sort of way or reacting a certain way. And then when you hold yourself accountable and you now you have released you know, you've released the the chains from yourself of of you know holding yourself back from really seeing into well, why am I like that? What has has it been, is it some is it something that's happened to me? Like you get to dig into these deeper parts of yourself, and no matter what, just like you were saying, like even if even if it is like oh well, you know, can I just put you know my you know look into it in that way? Sure, you can if it's going to get you to look at yourself in a certain way. But I think if you're just doing it that way, I think you're already going in with the intention of like, I'm only going to look at it for what I want it to, you know, to show me. I'm not going to look at the negatives. Yeah. If, you, if you're not looking at it the right way, yeah. then it's going to you're going to get the outcome. You know, that's like reading an instructions booklet and you glaze over it and then mm-hmm. you and you assume the things in the instruction booklet, but you don't read it the right way and don't follow the actual instructions. And that's what astrology is like. And that's why you go pay someone if you don't want to do it to say, hey. I'm going to break down the story for you. And the whole thing connects the aspects, how the planets are talking, what your ascendant is, where your houses are, where the planets are in the houses and how they're talking and all of that and what areas of life. And it's such an in-depth thing and people rip on it a lot, but it's because they just don't understand it. They didn't read the instructions booklet and knowing your big three is the beginning to that. And, uh, highly, not only recommend, but I'd say adamantly saying that you need to do that to really get the full substance and nourishment that you would get from astrology. So I, to be honest with you, I think that's all I really would have to say. I wanted to read a passage from a book, mm-hmm. but did you have anything else you wanted to add about it? No, that's, that's, that's really it. You know, once again, just to reiterate and stuff, it's, it's that whole thing of the first self-expression. It could even did in the, it could even be a ref- your environment could end up is the environment that you tend to be in can be reflective of 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 even yourself and stuff too. So you may have the tendency to be in certain environments, and that's another thing to analyze. So once again, it just that's really it is it's coming into self awareness, self expression, self appearance, 
self impressions and stuff in that sort of way and just kind of how we are are becoming all right so last week when we did the um the moon i i you know i'm really on this author right now but uh her name is uh, amy herring uh this is called essential astrology uh, everything you need to know to interpret your natal chart and i've been reading her books lately and i i love them and i love the way she you know i think my sixth house mercury is in love with the detail that she gives and how she does it but um I'm going to read a little section here about the first house and the ascendant. Um, the ascendant marks the beginning cusp of the first house. The ascendant represents the first characteristics about us that people observe on first encounter. Sometimes even before they're spoken to, uh, they've spoken to us. It is our contact point with the world and vice versa. If you were a building, then the ascendant would be your front door. The front door serves to channel traffic in and out of the building, letting people in and out, as well as sometimes keeping people safe inside and locking out those who don't belong. The ascendant metaphorically serves this purpose. It is not only how you step out into the world, but also how you take it in. So in, into everything, Geo, that you just basically said um, about the internal, external, how you're going to, you know, not only how are you, it's a, it's a personal thing, not just a mask you wear. So it, yeah. it says the ascendant plays an important part in first impressions. How we come across to others is only part of the role of the, that the ascendant plays, but it is an important one. Understanding the simple idea of whether you come across as curious and talkative, regal and charismatic, or friendly and accommodating can help you begin to understand your rising sign and the role it plays in your chart. How others respond to your style of approach, how you seem to be can be quite significant. Your own natural style is not better or worse than any other style, but a healthy ascendant will serve as this natural and seamless connection to the world, whereas an unhealthy ascendant often feels awkward, a clunky interface that makes everyone feel uncomfortable, such as when you're trying to pretend to be someone you're not or fit in somewhere you don't and aren't sure whether you're doing it convincingly. Whether or not someone likes you or considers you to have made a good impression on them is not a function of your natural style of interaction unencumbered by self-consciousness or strategy. Equally important is the ascendant's role in your style of approach to the world around you, not just its reaction to you. What is your attitude towards the world and life in general? Not your thoughts, feelings, or moral judgments about it, but your instinctual bearing towards it. Exactly. Instinctual behavior. Yeah, yeah. and first house would be in the traditional theme of Mundi, right? It's Aries, right? Yep. So it's the Aries archetype. It's the impulse of self. It's the mm -hmm. initial impulse. It's the front door of your building, right? Where like Pluto or the eighth house is your basement. Mm -hmm. Or that would be maybe Back. your 12th. Mm -hmm. your, your eighth house is more so your, you know, uh, the, it's the things you want to hide. It's, it's the things you hide in your basement. Where the twelfth is kind of like the infinite basement of that, but yeah, or it could be your fucking, it could be your sub pump, your fucking, uh, what is that called? Your fucking sewer lines. Yeah, <laughs> your it, house, it, right. Yeah, it could be pumping right. the shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where like, and also like, you know, cancer could be the, um, uh, you know, it's the kitchen and and all that. Where Capricorn's like the, the attic top of the house where you've put all your your trophies mm -hmm. and your achievement you know whatever or things that you have on your wall like anything that's representing mm -hmm. achievement or uh structure and or, or it's the walls surrounding the house a structure but you could yeah mm -hmm. you could use these archetypes and metaphors to really see it and and so with the ascendant it really is like someone knocking on that door and the, it's that first impression of the house and you answering it saying hey how you doing and that's 
that's the role of it. So, and that's, and that's the, like I said, the beautiful thing of it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically it. Uh, another fun conversation yeah. about this next week. I think we want to do Mercury, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll start doing the personal yeah. planets. Exactly. So hopefully from this and the past two episodes with the moon and the sun, this helped give you, you know, reason to go back and look on your chart or to, you know, maybe say, Hey, you know what? I'm actually going to go look now, or I'm going to discover these things that I haven't discovered before, or just once again, going, you know, looking at it again, taking another deeper look in this sort of sense and, you know, maybe taking a different approach. And, you know, that's the whole, that's the whole, it's, it's been very enlightening to ourselves as well through the process and it's going to continue in that way. But yeah, it's going to be fun getting into more of the personal planets in that sort of sense. And, you know, even being able to discuss these planets as chart rulers, which will play into the ascendant as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be good. Yep. Uh, Make sure you like and subscribe. Right. And like, subscribe, comment, good or bad, you know the deal. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll be posting more clips and, and hopefully getting back to social media and stuff mm-hmm. like that. A lot of stuff going on as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be interacting with you guys as much as we can. And we have some other uh, content hopefully to bring to you. Um, I'm in the process of learning video editing and, and all this other stuff. So, but we have so much to talk about and bring. And we, at, at times we were having trouble mm. thinking of topics cause there's so many. Um, but we are, mm. we are, uh, really sticking with this astrology thing and going to have a good time with it. And, uh, now that we're going to be going back into planets, lastly, um, I'd like to add that we'll probably get a little more into the theology of things and the biblical references mm-hmm. and the mythologies and stuff. We didn't really get to do that this week cause the ascendant really doesn't have that. Um, this is yeah. more of a, an, an aspect point in the chart. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Exactly. So, well, till next time. Till next time. Thank you uh, guys again for listening. We appreciate all of you for, uh, for sticking around if you're, if you've made it. Um, and, uh, till next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.